This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Policy Genius. If you've been putting off life insurance or want to make sure the insurance you have is right for you, check out PolicyGenius.com. Zero hassle, zero sales pressure, and the quotes are completely free. Save up to 40% by just comparing policies at PolicyGenius.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Beachbody On Demand. Access hundreds of workouts on your devices for free. These workouts are from programs like P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, and Pio, and more. Just text the word Bad Christian to 303030 for your free access to this brand new platform. Again, just text Bad Christian, all one word, to 303030 today. Today's show is also sponsored by Lyft. Join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com slash badchristian today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's lyft.com slash badchristian for a $500 new driver bonus. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. We are... 490 pounds lighter on this episode. Matt, do you know why? Three, two, one. No, no Joey. Joey. <laughs> when you're big and you relax and don't do your job and you're at home, but you're a pastor and you just get money, 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 money. And what does Joey do? <laughs> <laughs> he's still beatboxing. He'd be beatboxing right the now. Duck, uh, the duck vinyl scratching is his, yeah. his main move in beatboxing. Can't be emulated. Being a pastor is kind of similar to being a pimp. Like, you get paid, you get your money, you handle your people, mm-hmm. right? You handle them, you shepherd them, you oversee it, but you get your money, you get your vacation, you get your sabbatical. Your 10% P- comes first. I mean, if you listed a pimp's responsibilities and work, and maybe even work ethic, you might not be able to see much of a difference. It's like hustling. you didn't tell it was a pimp, yeah. right? But just people management, <laughs> management skills, mm-hmm. right? Uh, people come to you and overseeing his yeah. flock, right? And ten percent off the top, connecting people ten, before yeah. expenses. Yes, right 10% away. Ten percent goes to him. Pimp don't pay no taxes. Mm-mm. Pimp don't pay no taxes. Nope. Pastors don't pay taxes. <laughs> no, yes. I know. I mean, if you listed them side by side, you wouldn't be able to clearly tell. You, there's, there's a there is a bullet point sheet you can yep. make on the two that would be indistinguishable. Yeah. And I'm certain there's a lot of pimps that are full fledged Christians. Starts with the know letters. the Bible back oh, and yeah. forth. Starts with the letter P. There's a job starts right. with the letter P. The job starts with the letter P. You take ten percent off the top, right? And you look out and oversee other people. Yep. And you care. find you you oversee their well being. You find fact. a place where people can congregate together. Mm-hmm. Meet together. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you take up an offering. <laughs> <laughs> <There's> a- <laughs> you do get love offerings. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, Joey is still not back from his vacation. He's and, taking and, it easy. And as long as we're going to make fun of pastors like we always do, uh, a vacation is separate from a sabbatical. It's not the same thing. No. Nope. This is an actual vacation, yes. not a sabbatical, and it's no, not as it a pastor's retreat, which right. is also not a vacation. Not a vacation. So these are all reasons Pastor Joey may not be here. Right, um, but this particular one is yeah actual vacation. This isn't a Sabbath, not a Sabbath, not a none Sabbath. of those things, <laughs> none of those things. But to be fair, yeah. I will miss an episode. I believe next week, sometime, I'll be driving across the country. I'm going back for my dad's birthday party, and I'm going to get a car, an old car he's got laying around, and drive it back across the country. Well, now it's not an old car. It's a pretty nice car. It's it's older, it's, but yes, it's, it's a, a 2007 first year they made the FJ Cruiser. It's a badass car. It's I'm very badass. excited about it. It has 230 something thousand miles on it, and I'm going to drive put 3,000 more on getting it back home. Yeah, but then I won't, I won't. You know, I was talking bad behind your back to Devin. We've been working on our bus, folks. Uh, it's looking good. Check out. You can go to emorymusic.com and support our new vehicle endeavors. Just because we need money to help get this bus and make it livable and drivable. Yeah, it's already needed some mechanic works good. and all this stuff, but. It's doing good, but yeah, you can go there. You get a record. Uh, Devin and I wrote some songs for this new record too about the bus. Uh, they're pretty. Mine's a little out there, funny, but uh, I do a breakdown in five, which I love, uh, which is pretty hilarious to me. But uh, we are working on the bus. But I was gonna. I was talking bad about you to Devin about. I was like, man, Matt's dad giving him a car. How old are you? Thirty-eight. Next yeah, month. I was like, well, Matt got a car, but then I then I had to totally retract it because I realized my dad gave me three cars. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I've funny. had three cars, but that was when I was younger. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if your dad's getting rid of it, I think that's a good idea. But I was, I, I was wondering, could my, would my dad at this point give me a car now if he was getting rid of one? I don't know. But I, I do regret, he had a really cool black truck, a Ford F-150 from 1994 that oh, he had forever, cool, and he kept it in pretty good shape. And he sold it. It traded in. I think he only got $1,000. I'd love to have had that truck for $1,000. $1,000, yeah. It was my dad's truck. Well, what, it my dad said, he said, I'm going to trade into Toyota and this and that and try and get it. I was like, well, how much will they give you for it? And I, I was going to pay him for it. And I knew yeah. he'd probably cave and say, I'll right. give it to you. But now he feels like he owes my sister something. Oh. So I tri- So that's the thing. That tri- If he's going to let me right. have his car, which I'd be glad to pay less for it or what Toyota would give right. him at the trade-in, yeah. which I'd be happy to do because I like the car and, and it'd be a good deal for me. Exactly. But he's still going to let me just have except I want to try and get 3500 bucks from me or $4,000 right. is what I'd pay for it. So he's going to let me have it, but that triggers an either automatic either payment or guilt or something to put in his head for the other two daughters. Right. Right. Like they, Now they're credited. They have a credit for something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> that's how that works. I don't so. look forward to that with my kids. Dang it. That's right. You're yeah. right. Ruby's the oldest, so if she gets a car, that means yeah. immediately the other two have mm-hmm. to get a car. Well, I mean, I don't or know. Or if we but pay for one wedding, we got to pay yeah. for the other, or help this, yeah. you did this. All that stuff is coming. I, Good I Lord. It never ends. I give my credit, though. They've, they've always been good about giving stuff. Like, I, I personally do not believe, it, like the mentality, like, I think of, for instance, in marriage, I think of the bank accounts are joint. Like, that's automatic to me. I hate the yeah. notion of having separate money. I don't I care agree. whose name's on what or whatever, but the idea, that's our money no matter what. Right. Like, even, I, but, and I think same about kids, and I would go so far as to say, I don't know if that ever should, I don't think that should ever really change. It's not like what's yours is mine, or I should have be co-signer on my dad's bank account or anything, but when your dad gives you 40 bucks, when a dad gives... A, one of his kids 40 bucks I don't think he lost 40 bucks right is the way I look at that yeah that's true do you know what I mean like yeah. it's our it's, it belongs to the family I agree that's that. what it yeah. is it doesn't feel the same as giving the guy down the street 40 bucks you give right. it to your daughter whatever and I would argue that that doesn't shouldn't ever really change I believe that kids never owe their parents anything and the parents always owe their kids stuff even when they're grown up as long as they live right. my philosophy is you kids never owe their parents ever that's never good to to act that way and parents always owe their kids and it's because the parents chose to bring the kids into the world it was a parent's choice but what do you say about earning stuff though like you want your kid to be oh yeah humble and want sure. to earn no, i'm not some saying stuff, spoiled right? or anything i'm just saying that mentality where parents feel like the kids owe them something right. i did this for you yeah, i yeah. gave you money for this Hold when you were little. i changed yeah. your diapers i don't buy that the kid didn't even exact ask to exist that's true you chose to bring them here right they're your responsibility Forever, not responsibility. Like you got to change your diapers. Of course, you want to. The best thing you could do for them is train yeah. them how to use money and be good and all that stuff. But you brought them here. They didn't even ask to be here, so they don't well, owe you anything. Yeah. But like you know, I'm you know, I was born out of wedlock. I wasn't. They didn't choose. <laughs> so my dad thinks shit. I got this giant human. Just was thrust upon me because I was just trying to hook up one night, and so he probably feels a little bit like he owed, owed something. <laughs> that is really. Yeah, he feels like I, I fulfilled my duties, like I oh, paid yeah, for I stuff, know. But, you know. But just think about it for a second. I'm, what I'm do I'm you owe here. your dad actually? Like, what do you actually think you owe him? Like, I mean, respect right. or decency or something, yeah. but intangibles. But in a tangible way, for raising you, what do you owe him? I don't owe him anything, but yeah, with with respect, if like if I'm in town or something, he needs help doing something. I feel like I'm obligated to help my dad. Like if we live near each other, yeah. I would be obligated to, for example, cut his grass. But my dad obligated when, in when the my grandparents got ways there, yeah, not, yeah, but when I mean, my parents you, got you when my grandparents got sick, help. yes, well. For example, when my grandparents got sick or older, they couldn't cut their grass anymore. So my dad would go over there every week and cut. He had to cut his yard and their yard, right? And he would mm-hmm. do that. It felt to him like an obligation. Mm-hmm. He didn't really want to cut the grass, but he. These are my right. parents. I'm going to do that. I will refine, I will refine what I'm said because okay. when you become elderly, 100%, you need to take care of your parents. But until the moment that they become elderly or need actual care taken, then you owe them, I guess. I, right. do, I, I would switch that. But until they become in that state of need, it's, it's just – I think there's that – I don't think – that's just what I think anyway. Um, so I want to tell you more about the bus and the bus campaign. But before that, I want to tell you about Policy Genius. Now, policygenius.com is, is a great website, and it has to do with life insurance. And I know life insurance isn't the most fun thing in the world to talk about, but it is actually really important. 
Now, don't, don't go hitting mute or skipping this because life insurance is important. I'm telling you, we get it. It's confusing. And when I get it, it can take forever and it's hard to sort out. And, you know, there's all this stuff about life insurance, but there's one company here making it a lot easier, and that's PolicyGenius.com. They're the place to go to learn about life insurance, to compare quotes from America's top providers, and save up to 40% on your policy. Sounds crazy, but that's never existed before. There's never been a website like this. Policy Genius has placed over $5 billion in life insurance, and their simple, user-friendly website helps you work out exactly what the best policy is for you and finds you the best price, and it just takes five minutes to, to apply for a quote. It's a good idea. Now, if you have any questions, they have a team of licensed experts waiting to talk to you. Um, no call waiting, no pressing three, followed by the pound sign, all that kind of stuff. You get actual customer service, and they don't just do life insurance. You can do health insurance there, too. Uh, you can even insure your pet. You can protect your income. And if you don't need to do any of that, they'll tell you. If you've been putting off life insurance or want to make sure the insurance you have is right for you, then check PolicyGenius.com today. You can save up to 40% just by comparing policies. The quotes are free. There's no sales pressure and zero hassle. PolicyGenius.com. It's life insurance for the 21st century. Okay, so... Here is a side thing about this bus deal that we're working on on right now. Uh, I have, I'm sorry, I'm lost. I have good news and bad news about my wardrobe as it pertains to the bus. <laughs> you mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Not I'm the closet t- wardrobe we're building. You're talking about your actual clothes. Yes, my wearing. actual clothes that I wear and yeah. this bus are connected and there's good news and bad news about that. Now, I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is I was changing a generator the other day and got a bunch of diesel fuel on on me, on my shirt. I was laying in all this right. stuff. And diesel fuel is pretty nasty. I, I understand that even more now that I got covered in it. So I was doing laundry for tour getting ready to go on tour right and i got my laundry out yesterday morning and uh i basically have the amount of clothes to wear <laughs> when i do laundry that's pretty much all my all clothes, clothes. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah minimalist yeah and so i got them out and thought it smelled kind of funny yeah and uh, i found the t-shirt that had diesel fuel on it and it still smelled exactly like it did before i did laundry so that T-shirt was ruined, of course, but it's not that big of a deal, except for every, every other piece of laundry I have now is the same, and I rewashed the whole thing, same thing again. Oh, no way. So the, the bad news is I may have lost my entire wardrobe. <laughs> I mean, there's no way to get it out. There's nothing you can do. That, I, I don't know. I washed it twice, and it still smells like diesel. The, not that T-shirt, but all of my socks, underwear, and things that were in there smell like diesel fuel now i'm really worried that my wife's gonna do laundry and then say that her colors came out i don't think that'll happen but we'll i didn't mention it to her but cross my fingers that that didn't happen but the good news that's the bad news the good news is my wardrobe probably costs 150 dollars and could be replaced very very easily because nothing but underwear black t-shirts and socks right so it just gives me a chance. The only to thing you really spend money on was jeans. Do you spend? Yeah, more I had money one on pair of jeans, and I, I'm going to try to get them to still work. But I yeah. had one pair of jeans. I only have two pair of jeans, and then I have 15 black t-shirts, 20 pairs of socks, and eight pairs of underwear. I don't really own anything. That's or interesting. Else, so really, it really I'm going to have to go ahead and replenish yeah. my whole wardrobe. Jess now. constantly <laughs> wants me to get rid of stuff in my closet, and she's right. I have like the worst, the worst possible thing I have in my closet that I almost never wear, but I hate to get rid of are my. Like Green Bay or Clemson jerseys, mm-hmm. those are just. She always wants me to throw them away or whatever, you know, or just keep one. Like my Favre, that, I, that was my first jersey. I loved it, but that, that never. But do you have certain uh, like brands that you pick? Do you pick certain brands? Jeans, socks, underwear? Like no, what? I like the Steel Jeans. Yeah, that sponsor the right. show. Those are my favorite jeans. I have another pair of work jeans that I wear that my paint and goof off and stuffs on them, and then I have one other pair of something. I don't remember where they're from. Zoomies or something, um, and then. Black you're t-shirts. particular about socks, though. Do you pick a certain brand, or do you just want them clean? Socks are the only clothes that I care if they're clean. They're socks. But you I don't care what brand it is, on. like comfort-wise no, or really anything care. like that? I just want the socks to be fresh every day. Nothing else really matters. Yeah. I wear the other clothes multiple days, but socks I change every day. And the T-shirts, I don't care where they come from. I get them from H&M a lot, but I found that I have a couple of black T-shirts from Express, and they're yeah. really good. Those are good. So, But I don't really care. I get you know $10 black T-shirts, and that's about it. And then I get a new hat once a quarter or one, every six months or something like that. But the bus project is going super good. Um, 
I was saying we were trying to raise 5,000 bucks, and it looks like we're probably almost there. I, I think we'll keep it open through this tour so people can get this live yeah. album. Feedback on the album is really cool. Really good. Yeah. People have really been liking it. Like, yeah. I've been really happy because, you know, it's a live record of us in Seattle. But uh, it sounds really good. Y'all did a good job with, with all everything and then getting it out there. But I, I've been impressed with so many people saying how much they like this record. That is, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds good. It's a yeah. live record, which we don't, we, I don't even know if we've ever really done. And no, so, we don't have anything I mean, this live, is a real, live acoustic thing we yeah. have. But this is full band live. Like I've always and, thought it was really cool when bands, for me, I like a live record as long as it sounds good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that's cool. That, I mean, a lot of churches do that a ton, too. They always have the clapping and the stuff and it's live and it sounds really good. And it's always made me a little jealous, and this is one of those albums where I think well, we sound good. That's true, and if you would have recorded it five and ten years ago, it wouldn't have been good. Right. Which I think is an interesting thing, because we sound better now than we ever have, like as far as being mature musicians, playing well in time and in tune. And this is the set we're doing where there's no click tracks or anything like that. Right. So it is exactly what we really sound yeah. like, and it's pretty good. Like, And that's a mature thing musically. We wouldn't have sound if you had us in 2008 yeah. and just recorded the tracks and mixed them, they sound pretty sloppy. Right. I'm sure of it. So. And, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, our bus broke down and our van broke down. <laughs> the van is still in Burlington, Colorado. If somebody wants it, we'll give yeah. it to you. That would be funny. <laughs> We should have given sold the, no, sold the you van. Can, out. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have a transmission, but I think you can fit, get a transmission in it for I don't know two three thousand yeah. dollars. So you could, uh, if you want to give Probably to does. the fund, well, let us know because you can have the old you Emory. Get our old Emory van. No, Emory <laughs> has uh, has two benches that are unconnected, disconnected, and uh, it has a pretty new engine. So that might could be a perk. We should have done that. But uh, our all of our vehicles broke down, so we had were forced to buy a new bus. We got a killer deal on a new bus, but we still are out two vehicles and money, and we had to. We had to buy a generator. We had to buy bunks, wood. I mean, the amount of wood that we've so been much, getting yeah. from Home Depot and Dunn Lumber here in Seattle is unreal. I, I mean, I just the, – the, here's the thing. I understand math, but something about th- three-fourths of it, 16, you know, 15 sixteenths or whatever we were talking about, all that stuff blows my brain <laughs> out. Simple I fractions. Hate, I just hate thinking about it. Like, I just yeah. – I feel like no matter what, I'm going to get the measurement wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with me. Like I, I, I can understand numbers. I'm not even that. I'm not that dumb. But for some reason, I go. I'm not going to get this right when I measure it. I'm going to measure it wrong. And so, like yesterday, I was so happy. Reva was just doing a lot of the measuring. I was just so relieved. Mm-hmm. Well, it was making me so happy because I was like, she's doing great. She knows what she's doing. She's particular about it and being paying attention. I just can't pay attention. Like when you're telling me an eighth of an inch or something, I got to pay attention to that. All right. Well, oh, tell, you tell me. Will you tell me what's bigger, seven sixteenths or a half? Three. Two, one, half. Yeah, you got it. How about three eighths or a quarter inch? Uh, three eighths. Yeah, bigger. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so you got it. Yeah, that's not bad. I it mean, takes me a time, a little yeah. bit of time though. I think about that's why I was all I was all I've always been jealous that people knew about cars and uh, carpentry. Like I didn't ever spend any time doing that. Well, you can learn it. I know, but when do uh, when? I mean, I'm if I become I'm a master carpenter, what am I going to do? Was three years. Oh ago. yeah, yeah. No, like, I, 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 yes. Then I don't I'm, have a I'm huge. I'm a ten times better right mechanic. Like I work on my car and change stuff, but uh, I mean, still, there's stuff like uh, we just got a bad. We've had I've had the worst luck with cars. Our Subaru had a broken axle. The axle was all dented up, and bearings gone. All this sh- stuff. I guess I wasn't going to cuss you. All this shit. I was, I was like, what a man I shouldn't cuss. That's a weird one. Um, but it costs $1,500. Like, all the vehicles that I've come into contact with lately are just breaking. It's a nightmare. Well, I so, don't want you on our bus. Yeah. So, if you want to help us support getting our new bus and fixing it and all that stuff, tons of things you can win. You can name sections of the bus. You can, with your name will be on a on the wall or wherever your section is or whatever you want to do. There's all the information's on there on emorymusic.com, and you, and you get a record. We're not just trying to raise money and you give us money. We are working hard and want to give you a record and some fun stuff to go along with it. So Yeah, uh, I want to say thank us. you to everybody that supported it because obviously it's overpriced, but that's part of the fundraising event. Right. So get your name on a plaque in our bus, support us, get this live. The, the thing that makes the live album worth it is it will not be released. So you will have this live recording, which you the people at the Seattle show – and the people that help us build this bus are the only people that'll get this recording. We don't have another full band live recording, so it's right. kind of special. Yeah. So, but yeah, it starts at twenty bucks or twenty five bucks, I think. Yep. There, um, and it's going w- really good. So I want to say thank you to everybody. We're going to Portland tomorrow to do shows. So we'll be going down the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco. We'll be in L.A., Orange County, I think, or Anaheim, mm-hmm. and then uh, Phoenix. And so you can see all that. See you can the see the bus, new bus campaign too. and that at EmoryMusic.com. So it's right. been a real successful thing. It's just real crazy looking at our band. 
being purely independent like this, or I guess you could say our own label, whatever. But it's really about being independent and just be able to say, hey, let's raise some money. Let's do this. Let's drop a surprise live album. We can do whatever we want to. We do these acoustic shows. We just do all these neat things now, and it's just taking a while to get over the hump and figure out how to do them. But it's quite exciting to me that they work. And I'm going to tie this together as we go to our interview. There's a – the – Gungers are the same way. They have a very, you know, n- abnormal path to get where they are in the music business. They've been same th- very similar to us. They were independent. They became independent. They've had controversy. They do sh- acoustic shows. They do full band shows. They do podcasting. Yeah. They figure out their own stuff and have turned it into a, you know. They're very hands-on with their career, yeah, too. Yeah, they, they, really they run cool. their career, too, and... You know, they run in our circle, too. And you know what? Let me mention something else while I'm at it. Um, let me squeeze in there at King's Kaleidoscope, too. I, we do work with Chad and King's Kaleidoscope and stuff like that. They have a new mixtape that's really cool. I think our fans will care about yeah. it because it's got propaganda on it. Who's been on the show? Andy Minio. Chad runs all their stuff out of their basement, does the shipping himself. And they've got a, this pre-order up now. You can get a couple of tracks right away. But check out what they're up to because their new music is going to real good. It's going to blow people away. Yeah. I think it's by far their best stuff. So I just want to give them a shout out. Go check out their website, see the art, and listen to the new single and get a couple tracks when you download and get their new merch. But the Gungers and what they're doing is just, you know, they're probably our biggest contemporaries, although they have a quite different disposition than we typically seem to have. That's a, Yeah, they're, they're kinder, like more gentle, yeah. more fair. Yeah. <laughs> Gracefield. Yeah, so, so the other day uh, they had a, a controversy at one of their concerts. In fact, their show got shut down during a Q&A, and I was just thinking about it. I was like, wow, we do these live shows where we do tons of Q&A, and I cannot imagine what cause it to get shut down so we said could you guys come on just tell us about it we'll just tweet them they're like yeah we'll, we'll do it so we're gonna t- we're gonna take a break here and we'll be back here with michael and lisa gunger and they're gonna tell us a story about about what happened all right folks i told you i'd keep you updated on my weight loss adventure and i don't even want to call it weight loss i'm not trying to focus on w- losing weight i'm more kind of focusing on getting my body where it's most healthy beach body on demand is an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective, world-class workouts personalized to meet your needs, plus extensive nutritional content, all proven to help people achieve their health and fitness goals. If you're like me and you're wanting to get healthy, uh, and, and I will t- I will say this, in the last two weeks, using Beachbody On Demand, eating better, being aware of what I'm eating, exercising, uh, I've lost about 10 pounds and feel great. With this step-by-step program, uh, guides, workout calendars, comprehensive nutrition plans, uh, Beachbody On Demand also includes the brand new, first of its kind cooking show called Fixate, which will teach you how to cook healthy, delicious, and simple meals. So why did I try and why did I decide and why is Bad Christian supporting Beachbody On Demand? Because it works. It does. I, I, I mean, you have really world-class trainers, people like Tony Horton, who I've known about for years, and I've done P90X before and all kinds of stuff, is right there to help you on your journey to get healthy. Do you need to lose weight? Are you preparing for a specific event? Do you need to improve your energy? That, that's all these things were, are, are me right now. There is no magic or mystery or crazy pill. Beachbody On Demand gives you the truth, and it gives it to you in the right way. Beachbody On Demand allows flexibility to design your workout schedule from over 600 different workouts. I mean, it, you never get bored with a workout. It's so awesome. So everybody out there that's just been waiting or putting it off or thinking, man, I'd like to get in better shape right now, Text bad Christian, all one word, no spaces, to 303030 and get full access to this entire platform for free. Text bad Christian to 303030 for full access to Beach Body on Demand right now for free. All right, Gungers, thank you for joining us at, on the podcast yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, having, for having, us. having us, guys. Um,. So we're buddies. We we all do podcasts. So everybody knows the deal and everything. Everybody knows who you guys are and stuff like that. I saw a tweet the other day that you said that you had a Q and A canceled uh, or something wrong with a concert, and it seemed to be a little bit of a hubbub. And I imagine 
overly conservative people were involved, but I don't know anything else about it other than that. But I saw people asking about it. Yeah. I don't know if you've released any full statements or interviews, but I'm dying to know. So we asked, could yeah. you come on and just uh, uh, t- tell uh, us the situation? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, all I, all I heard was y'all both were wearing Make, Make America Great Again t-shirts, and people started talking about Democrats, and y'all weren't having it. And then that was... It, it turned rotten real quick. Well, my, my in my imagination, it was like a, a Guar concert where they had like Trump dolls on stage and sprayed them with blood and, and cut them off with chainsaws and stuff like that. That's what I was thinking it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't even think exactly it got political. What happened. <laughs> no, we, no so it wasn't we were, political yeah, at we all. A, we had a Q&A. Well, so we, we're doing this tour. Well, where no, we it's have a show, some, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're having some Skype delay problems here, but I'd love to take this moment to point out, listen, these is two professional podcasters, and they're interrupting the shit out of each other, everybody, that's always <laughs> complaining about how I interrupt our guests. Observe. It's easy to do. Okay. Yeah, that delay. What <laughs> delay creates. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so I'll designate this- who begins then. Lisa, you go ahead first. All right. Oh, oh man, I, it's so funny because I can't even hear the delay. I'm sorry, guys. It must be the, yeah, where I'm at is, is I'm in Missouri. So it's Missouri. a really bad signal out here. Um, all right, yeah, I'll just say what happened. So we were, the, this tour is, um, it's just acoustic. So it's just Michael and I. And it's, it's different than all the other full band shows. And um, we let everyone know who was booking all the shows that like, this is intentionally different. We have Q and a throughout the whole show. So it's not a separate thing at the end. So, um, we do some songs and we talk a lot and it's been really fun. Uh, it's been very engaging and people ask crazy questions and deep questions. And, um, and, and, and so we go in, we go, we go way in. And where were you playing this time? Where was this show? It was in Texas, in San Antonio. At what type of and venue so we had actually, are we doing? Um, it was a... Was it, it was a university, church? but it was a, Baby, it was a I, Methodist church that was promoting it. Okay. But I think it was like at a Methodist university. Yeah. yeah. It was surprising for Methodists, yeah. though, what happened. Yeah. yeah, I know. They seem yeah, pretty, yeah. So wow. we get it. We, we <laughs> sing some songs and... And there was a bunch of liturgist people there, and there were apparently some, it was a mixed crowd. We had a bunch of atheists there and people of all different uh, backgrounds. And so I, I think it probably started getting uncomfortable for the people or for some of the people who promoted the show when we had a guy say, you know, he used to no, be a Christian no, no. and now he's an atheist. <laughs> or no, he didn't. Sorry. sorry I, no, I'm sorry. sorry. I, he didn't say he used to be I a think Christian. It, I you think go, it started what, getting what uncomfortable when, when people, uh, when we came out and sang the very first song. <laughs> Just based on the so music? As soon, as soon as you came out, it started getting ugly, you think? Yeah, you think no, no, no I mean, one. we came out, and she no. starts playing a harmonium, and then I played a hung drum, and then start singing, am I God? Oh. Am I, mean, all that, I mean, our whole thing <laughs> is not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily. That's uh, true. Uh, Christian so you, radio friendly, yeah. So y'all didn't assess the crowd properly. <laughs> no, our crowd was our crowd was there. so funny. Our crowd was well, there, we've never and they had, loved it. We've never had this issue before. Yeah, it's really strange. They and the people, yeah, when it get so so we, I don't know. There's mixed stories. There's mixed stories because what I was told is it started getting weird when we were talking so much, and they didn't want us to talk anymore, but just play songs let's talk more rock I've but then heard that i also before. had yeah 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 can you guys just stop talking and just saying <laughs> yeah. did they say so, that um, you're saying you could feel and michael is that what you're saying you could feel the people well, being so uncomfortable up, even from the from the beginning like there was a tension were you you were aware of the tension with the promoters no you weren't yeah, i no. think most i think most people were into it i think the the crowd i mean afterwards oh so let me just finish up the story so they they okay. We do these songs. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're doing Q and A, and then uh, I could tell after. Yeah, an atheist asked the question. There was there was a a small exodus of like ten look like people. What was the question? Do you remember? He, was, he said, "Yeah, he said he was an atheist, He's, and he wanted to know how to talk to his family." He's like, 
I, you know, I, I want to be able to, um, communicate lovingly and peacefully with my family. Do I have to use the same language and the same metaphors? Um, but I also want to be true to who I am now and, and my beliefs and, and our response was just sort of like to, uh, affirm him and like both his desire, uh, both his desire to seek truth and to create peace. Um, uh-huh. And and love within his family and was like, good. You know, we applaud and affirm your desire for both of those things. Um, and then we just talked a little bit about the specifics. I think people got upset that we weren't like, well, first step, stop being an atheist. Yeah. Second step, yeah. <laughs> repent. You know. Um, so I think that kind of uh, that upset people. A few, some and, pe- people. and people I, left. Like ten people. Yeah, some people left, and it was and it was after that, and I. I think it, at first, maybe some people, that's where, I, from my take on it, that's where some people got started getting uncomfortable. But to be quite honest, like, I thought it was going great. And there were some people that, I mean, most everyone that talked to me afterwards said, oh, we had no idea that anything was wrong. I mean, I was, Michael and I, we joke a lot through it. It was a night that felt like really good chemistry with us. It was smooth. It was fun. So I honestly had no idea people were starting to get uncomfortable until that happened. But then even after that happened, I thought, Oh God, it's just not their cup of tea. That's okay. And so we sang some more songs and answered some more questions. And, and yeah, the whole, we talk about our daughter, Lucy and how our whole perspective has changed and what suffering has done. And it's just like ripped this, uh, blinders from our eyes and how we see people in a, in a truer way, what we feel like is a true way, a better way. So we're talking about all these things that Michael and I are thinking is really beautiful. And isn't that interesting? I mean, other people are thinking that we're, we're, we're saying it the wrong way. I mean, yeah. so they, our sound guy gets on the microphone. He says, hey, guys, um, one more song. <laughs> uh, you have one more song. And then, we're, and then you're well, done. Gone, and I said, oh, is, there, back a, is there a sound ordinance? Yeah, they went back to him and. And told him to shut it down. Shut it down. And so we said, oh, is, is there a sound ordinance thing happening? And he said, um, yeah, let's just play one more song. And then it's the, the end. He was really great about it. His name's Leo. He's, he was awesome dealing with it. So we play one more song. And then at the end, Michael and I go in the back. And we're both just like, what is happening? And we'd already played for, what was it, baby, 60 minutes? We'd already been playing. No, about 90 minutes, huh? No, 60 minutes. 60. So I go into the crowd. I was like, well, I'm just going to go talk to people. You know, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it was a sound ordinance. We had no idea what it was at this point. And I get rushed by all these people saying, we heard the whole thing. And these two kids that were at the church service earlier the morning that we played at, they're like, we heard the whole thing. We heard the whole thing. They were so upset. There's this group of people. They were upset and they were just like, shut it down. And then um, I had another woman come up to me and say, hey, we, we were just unaware that there was going to be so many questions. We just thought it was music. And it's like tried to kind of smooth it over. And so anyways, it's like it was just different stories here and there. People trying to say, no, 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 we just wanted music. And then these kids say, no, they didn't even want music. They're saying, like, this is wrong. Atheists, this is not the place for for for, for these kinds of questions, for these kinds of talk. Incredible. A place where people would talk about God is not where atheists belong. <laughs> All right, folks. I just want to tell you a little secret that I have, uh, and it's Lyft. And Lyft is what I am going to start doing when I need some extra money. We just got on off of a vacation, and uh, it was expensive. Three kids going out to eat every meal and all that stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do Lyft here and there whenever I want to because that's what's so cool about Lyft. Lyft knows that their drivers are what keep them moving, so they do everything they can to make sure their drivers are happy on every trip. And it's the truth. I, I get to do what I want to do with my life, whatever I'm trying to pursue, whether it be music or podcasting, or if I want to drive tonight, I can drive tonight and make money for me and my family. It's a simple formula. Happy drivers mean happy passengers. Maybe that's why nine out of 10 lift rides get a perfect five-star rating. You can earn hundreds of dollars a week, plus tips. Want to earn more money? Drive more. 
It's never been easier to give yourself a raise. Lyft was the first rideshare platform with tipping built right into the app, and that makes it so much easier. I hate at the end when you don't have cash or whatever and you got to figure that out. All that's gone with Lyft because getting tips shouldn't depend on your passenger having a crumpled bill in their pocket. Am I right? You keep 100% of the tips and they add up fast. Drivers have been paid over $200 million since the feature was first introduced. And Express Pay lets you get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for weeks. Lyft has even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new AMP device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. So, Join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com slash badchristian today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's lyft, L-Y-F-T, dot com slash badchristian. Lyft.com slash badchristian. Limited time only, and terms apply. Let me say it one more time. Go to lyft.com slash badchristian, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. So, so were y'all like Michael? Were you mad? I mean, what is your reaction to this? I mean, because y'all have gotten some pushback, obviously throughout your career. Now like, you're kind of getting more and more used to it. But were you mad, or you're like, well, okay, I guess we're still getting paid, and this is their choice, their prerogative. I, I, I was just laughing. I thought it was a jolly old time. Um, I mean, I would have probably. This was Leo's first uh, run with us. And we talked about it afterwards, like, if this sort of thing ever happens again, which I don't imagine that it will, um, never has happened up to this point. But uh, I probably would, it was our show, I probably just would have said no. Yeah. Like, sorry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Deal deal with it. It's our show. Yeah. Uh, But he didn't, I don't know if he really knew the ins and outs of the contract and who's in charge of what, but he's having the promoter tell him, shut the show down, you know. Um. So it was just uh, he, he was kind of in the middle, stuck in the middle of it. He, he handled it well, but I think I I probably would have said, "Oh, they want us to shut the show down. What do you guys think? Should we shut the show?" Down? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's what would be good. Yeah. Um, but without us knowing what it was, we just did shut it down. So but, yeah, I mean, so the guy came up afterwards and was like, uh, "I think what happened." Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to read too much. I, I think what honestly happened, he, he opened, he, part of the offer was contingent upon him opening yeah. and he opened with like super praise and worship and obviously not in exactly the same sort of vibe that Kunger's in. Um, and we were both like, Ooh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. so my guess is that he doesn't listen to the liturgists, doesn't have any idea what we've done in the last five years. Right. Uh, but maybe, heard beautiful things and thought here's an opportunity to open for a Christian band. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a little Uh, bit of sense. I was going to say, how could he not be familiar with your work and what your, where you were at? That, that seems like the weird thing to me. Like you'd have Gunger come play at your church and not know what that was. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I I thought. Cause yeah, most people understand at this point, especially if they're inviting us to come play. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's what I wonder, since he wanted to open, I wonder if that was kind of what, yeah. Uh, yeah. But was that the only thing though? Like, I mean, cause it's not like you guys are, are, uh, flamboyantly against God and, uh, divisive and mean spirited and, and like, you're, you know, you're not like, uh, anti anything. Like yeah. I, I'm assuming all the other questions you were answering honestly and I know. maybe even thoughtfully, like w- w- did, was it just that part? Like it really was like, uh, oh. They're not as Christian as I thought they were or something? Yeah, and I think his pastor, I think yeah. his pastor was there and was offended at something we said. And oh, he was, I think that's yeah. where there was, like, pressure. Coming. Okay, so that makes yeah. a little bit more sense. So there's well, this I, guy that that had that said, okay, I'll get, I'll try to put on, you know, whoever, I'll use the word amateur most likely here. He's an amateur promoter that plays in a band and he wants to try to do something. He's convinced he may have to have talk or smooth over the fact that he was going to have somebody come play at the church. Pastor, can we use this church? Can I bring in this band that I want, and I'll get to open. I'll smooth it all yeah. over. This will all be super good. And that he didn't give the, he didn't do his either research or didn't do it. He wasn't upfront yeah. enough about whoever was actually in charge, which would have been just some I don't know crotchety yeah. Texas Methodist pastor. I can only imagine, but uh, I don't know what, what the guy was like. And he was just like, "What in the heck is going on here?" Like you know, like he must have been he must have been totally blindsided by by something like that. But I still am unclear on exactly. 
what could have been said that would have been that triggering or or whatever it would have been for them. It was you feel like it was simply the fact that you affirmed an atheist being an atheist. And was it, we didn't well, even necessarily I, do that. Yeah, go ahead, Lisa. Well, I went back in afterwards. Uh, we were all packed up, and I went back in to talk to him um, because I I didn't want to have a weird email afterwards. I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be a face to face conversation um, because I couldn't believe. I mean, af- after the fact, like he he was really nice. He was super nice, and I it was shocking to me that he was the one that shut it down. And so I kind of wanted to, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to try to understand why it was shut down. And also, um, obviously you guys know, Michael's normally the one always speaking up about things, (laughs) just tweeting away about everything. And, um, that's enough for both of us, I think. (laughs) But um, I, I don't know. I just was. I just felt this thing in my, in my gut. Like I need to, I I want to let him know this wasn't okay. Can you just please like, admit deeply, that you like, were, we were pissed kind of and angry? Can you happened, say it that way? But I was also deeply. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was saying, can, saying can you? Ad- I can't even hear. Can, can you say it like uh, that? You were pissed off about it. Like I feel you saying it real nice, but you're you're mad, weren't you? <laughs> It's, I mean, we yeah, would have. Like, oh my god! Seen. I was super pissed. Okay. No, yeah. I was like excited, and yeah, of course, yeah. I can tell. I was super pissed off about it, but it was not just like angry at him. I'm angry at how not enough people are calling all this bullshit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just awful. It's awful. It, the divisiveness is. It's like a gut. It's a it's a gut pain because there's way too many people brushing it under the rug, and not calling it what it is. And and it, it's just. I mean, you guys know it's it's so much like over and over and over for us. And recently, other people have been giving me the same kind of stories that they can't be honest. And I know you know I talked to you guys on our last interview about what had happened with us and. Uh, even us being, I mean, it's just thing after thing. Being asked to lie about contracts, us people asking us to lie, and we're standing here in front of people being as honest as we can, and that, like, the hypocrisy of it is, is just making me crazy. It's, oh, I yeah. feel like I'm at that point in life. It's making me totally crazy. It's better, they'd rather you be a hypocrite. Um, and tell them the words, the right words and yeah. the right things and, and say something really sweet and nice. So it wasn't just the atheist, the atheist question. I think it was also, I started talking about, they asked about beautiful things, like where the song came from. And to be totally honest, like I, I don't think I did a very good job at wrapping it up, but I was uh, like telling them what the good thing that I felt like happened in my heart. But um, I was telling them how it was the first time in my life I was opening my hands up to uh, of like letting go of what I'd always believed about God. Mm-hmm. That yeah. It was really the time of, in my life of like this, this guy in the sky, uh, God giving things to those who he has favor, who he favors and withholding from the evil people, you know? So I, th- I was talking about that and I, I'm sure that had something to do with it too. Like letting go of faith. We don't we need to talk about that, you know? Right. Um, but for me, it was such a good experience. And, and right, I mean, it ha- all has to do with perspective on how, for me, it was this beautiful thing that had to happen. I had to let go of this God that was honestly quite evil. And how beautiful that was for me. And then this song, Beautiful Things, came out of that. Mm-hmm. And, Shut uh, it down. I would just I, end it. Reva, end the stream. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what I was going to ask, so you you confronted the guy, Lisa, and what did he, what did he say? You said he was nice, but what did he say? Was he like was he he wasn't mad? He wasn't like I mean, uh, you guys, what are you going to tell me next that you don't believe in penal substitutionary atonement or something? My God, <laughs> <laughs> that that's a tweet that Michael did. Yeah, right? he, it, it was so weird. Yes, yes. yes I mean, it was that so was weird. A tweet. 
it wasn't even we didn't even get that specifically theological. Yeah. Um, I think people were upset that we didn't like somebody tweeted me afterwards. I tweet I tweeted the that it got canceled with a, a Chris Farley <laughs> gif. <laughs> um, and and one of the ladies that was there that left apparently um, from that church tweeted and said like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't there to see it get shut down because I left early because it was so inappropriate or whatever." Oh gosh! And I asked like, Oof. "So what exactly was inappropriate at our show about us being honest with <laughs> who we were?" Um, and she's like, "I just expected more. I expected you to sh- share the gospel with that atheist." I was like, maybe we just have a different idea of what the gospel is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And she yeah. was like, yeah, we well, probably he, do. And, wow. Yeah, and he had told me, he said, well, it seemed like, which to them, to him, I told, I get it. I get it. it and again, if you haven't been listening, that would be a shock. But uh, he said we were scooting around God or scooting around, yeah, like the gospel. We weren't clear enough on what we believed. God. Or clear enough so with mad. people about God, it's and I so said, you know, I actually did. I said that God is, God is the center of my life. My faith has been the center of um, of life, and but it was the thing of I said. So what exactly was it? It's we didn't say the word God enough, and he was like, oh well, you know, as we're sitting here talking. Like that, you and I are talking. It seems like we're agreeing on all this, and it was just a misunderstanding. And I said, "No, I want to be clear. This was not a misunderstanding. This was an actual wrong thing that happened here, and it's ridiculous. And the the church has bastardized the gospel. And this is not what Jesus would be about. So this was wrong. What happened? And um, I said, "But we see you, and we love you. And I just wanted to." let you know that we see you and we love you, but it was wrong. And then so. he gave you his we, demo and said, keep me in mind if you do any more tours. So thank you very much. We'll join you on the next show. <laughs> yeah, so, so after the show, like, uh, we were loading, the car was loaded up and we were getting ready to leave and that's when Lisa's like, I gotta go talk to him. I was like, have fun. I've got, I've got nothing to say. Uh, he had already tried to talk to me and I was like, hey man, it's, just, it's a good story. <laughs> That's what I told him. Uh, <laughs> it's a good story. Uh, was, he's like, no, I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth. Like, we, we, you could have done some more music. We just, I was like, no, I'm not saying you're not telling the truth. I'm saying like it's, it's going to be an enjoyable story for me to tell other people how you shut down the show because we were uncomfortable with our show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, yep. and he's like, uh, but then so we went out to the car and he's like, I, I gotta go, I gotta go talk to him. I was like, all right. And then uh, Leo followed her to make sure everything was gonna be all right. And he was just standing there listening to Lisa kind of go to town on this guy and uh, <laughs> tell, it, tell it, speaking her mind. And he's just texting me like, Lisa is a badass. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's, that's really fun to hear. I like to think of it this way. I like to just picture if we'd have been in that situation, what would happen. Because y'all just are so – I just can't imagine y'all being – angry and confrontational and, and actually like you were even saying it in this way that you're just like and you know I just wanted to talk or whatever I know you were mad you had to be mad and even Michael is laughing about it but that's you're laughing as a way to deal with something I mean you feel like you said it's wrong you had to be deep like you said in the gut like you know something yeah. like that is wrong and it's offensive to you and it's insulting to you and it's wrong yeah. culturally so I mean yeah I just don't I, I just think obviously we have a different style yeah. but I, I can only imagine what happened if Toby was up there is what I keep thinking in my, <laughs> in my head because we, we do shows like that we do shows where we do two hours um, and it's we just play songs and take questions it's about 50% yeah talking about 50 percent music and that and we do those too and we don't we never we don't get to go do it at churches or i you know matt we maybe avoid it because of probably that reason but here's you can use this trick if you like this is the barometer that i use and i tell other people this if you're trying to do living room shows anything else and you care about it being a good environment insist that you only play if it's byob or there's a bar that way, it, that's a good idea. If you, yeah. And it doesn't matter if you drink or no, it doesn't have nothing to do with that. That's just no, it just creates a different environment. Then, yeah. you, then yeah. everybody, even if mm, people see yeah. that there is alcohol, first of all, it lets yeah. the people come and know well, we're normal yeah. people or something. And then, secondly, it lets the people that are there yeah. go, Oh, I see somebody drinking a beer. I'm sure I can. And then they can ask a, a more free. It's hard to ask the question in a sanctuary. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not, it is. I, I'll. 
I'm not criticizing your choice of venue. I'll, I'll circle back to that, but yeah. it's some. There's another re- weird thing that, that goes on when there you're in a church looking at somebody on a church stage or whatever it is, yeah. and you're not used to hearing anything else come off of that environment and that stage. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. You're yep. conditioned to hear only proclamational truth propositional truth about God come from that stage in a prepackaged way. And that's why yeah. when you get the person to talk to them face to face over standing by the soundboard, it's like, that sounds like we agree, but they're not used to hearing that mm. from there is the problem. Yeah. The, the environment itself is actually set up for failure, but I'm going to revert, retract that instantly as it came out of my mouth. It's not failure because what you're doing there is what the, the controversy here is positive in that we get to talk about it in that it starts the conversation yeah. and it creates that in complex environment where you're transfusing what you do with that space, which is actually, I, I would say, I'm assuming or would probably give you credit for the artistic decision to force those situations. That's actually the beautiful part about it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So really, mm. really yeah. interesting in that yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, that was insightful. Yeah. We yeah. Well, you know me. Yeah, that is, yeah. I we, know you. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. But you, and that's so, that's, that's so interesting you said that because he, that was one of the things he said to me. He said, well, this is just the wrong venue. Right. Yeah, for the this tr- kind of talk. Right, right. What does that statement mean? This is the, he, like, like he think said about it. that for a minute. He, he said that. Yeah. This is the wrong environment for that. Wow. For telling the truth. <laughs> for telling the truth. For talking about for God honestly being. and what it means and doesn't mean. Not this. Hey, lady, this ain't the place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's what was so. That's what it was so like. That that right there is what was so infuriating. Mm-hmm. How is that? How has that happened? How has that become a thing? Hmm. The, again, like you said, very correctly, they are very happy for you to be a hypocrite as long as it goes the way they want it to go. Now, I don't know if that's true for everything. Yeah. You know, I try to th- one another parallel I like to think of when we get all bent out of shape about the nuances of Christianity is, you know, just try to put it into a different context, like veganism. Like, I guess I can see uh, if there was like some vegan center. And they had some vegan act come give a lecture, and then somebody said, I love bacon, and the vegans were like, yeah, bacon's great. Bacon's okay, too. I affirm bacon. And then they continued on with their thing. Maybe the vegan center would get mad. I guess I can see that point, but, you know, it's just, it's really weird. I wonder if it's sort of like there's an element of um, the office that they, they derive some power from, that is at risk um, by becoming. It's you know it's like the reason they wear the robes and and do all the the stuff. Hmm. Um, it's, it's like imagine going to a you're going to pay a bunch of money for a lawyer and you show up and he's wearing like Hawaiian shirt and yeah. jean shorts. Well, it might be a little you're more like, insidious d- than that. I mean, uh, in the sense that like that'd be weird. But imagine let's say a cop wearing cargo shorts and a, a tank top. Does he have yeah. much authority now? He loses a considerable amount of authority in doing so. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so they they lose – they have this yeah. office that they've convinced people to pay them 10% mm-hmm. of their income and trust everything they say. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so like – At minimum, right. They're protected. Yeah. That's power. That's yeah. power. It is power. And you wear the yeah. robe and yeah, you give reverence totally to the, the stage. Thing. And I mean, these things are, you know, at least we've run into these problems and are talking about them. That's, that's the way I look at it. I'm glad to get in the mix of it and, and have it occur, to be honest. Yeah. Well, well, you know what's funny, too, though, is that, that y'all were talking about this, like talking about, I mean, I've, I was a worship leader for several years and I sang beautiful things a ton of times. But it's funny, like, that is. Uh, nobody really wants to dig any deeper on anything. You know what I mean? Like it shows you in in some ways where even what Christians want is they just, oh, I heard that one song. It was really cool, man. I like that a lot. And that's what y'all are to them forever. And they don't want to spend any time delving into like what you really believe or what you think. Or, and, and that goes not just for you guys, but any anybody. You know what I mean? Like that's why everybody's so shocked when somebody, you know, falls out of grace or whatever. Like they don't really know... A lot of Christians, especially, I'm, I'm going to speak specific, specifically about Christian here, don't want to spend time going, wait a minute, what is Gunger about? Let me think about the lyrics more deeply, rather than, uh, they don't, don't even think of the song probably outside of the context of church and that they played it with their worship band, you know? And it's, it's, that's really sad to me is that they don't even want to invest any time in people unless y'all, they disagree with something you say. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't have cared at all what you really believe until you told them the truth. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's, a, that's a human issue 
uh, as well, I, I think just humans, we, we it's easier to deal with categories than individual human beings in a moment. Um, when you when you can easily see, oh, they're singing, you know, they they've got uh, a, an acoustic guitar and cowboy boots on, they're probably Republican. This is probably what their beliefs are about gun control. This is probably what their beliefs are about monogamous marriage. You know, all the, all the ways you just immediately um, put somebody into a camp. And it's yeah. easier. You don't have to deal with the subtleties of this, just because this person has one aesthetic, just because they're singing about God, maybe I shouldn't assume that they're an evangelical conservative person. Right. Um it's it's more complicated, but we do that to people all the time. We we just even with people we know, you, it's easier just to like this is this kind of person, and I I'm not friends with this kind of person. They're from right. this other worldview, yeah. this other. We draw the lines, yeah. and we uh, and we shut down the image of God in that person. We we shrink it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really steals the depth, though, and also then. But here's what the the reverse side of that too is. As soon as you say something that you don't like, they shut you out completely. It didn't matter if if ninety nine percent of the stuff you agree with, that one thing shut the show down. Oh you know yeah, I mean? I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like someone, it's like a pastor that you look up to their, their whole life, and they have a moral failure, and you just think they've been a liar their entire life. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a there, it's, it's something about we reward conformity too strikes me. It's just like dissenting yeah. opinions are not helpful to our cause as if we all agree on our, what our cause is and that it's monolithic. I mean, it, it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, and, and it makes sense on, in the toughest of environments, but we're in a daggum safe place where it's, you know, imagine in, in a prison. If, there, if the inmates all fall in line and have, voice support for the institution and do what they're supposed to do no problem but any dissent there you got to squash yeah. it immediately because right. it's very dangerous so you can't listen to the, the inmates yeah. going on and on about the warden and let them have unlimited forum for that of course not right but we we're not in that yeah. situation we can handle it people have <laughs> minds we are secure we are safe we're not oppressed by the government it's free we can do yeah. it we can do it we uh, that's an, a luxury that we're afforded is that and it's it just, it's weird, yeah. that, you know, so that's just such a deep yeah. thing that we need to reward conformity and, and squash dissent. That's just so bizarre. Yeah, I think, like, in retrospect, it kind of seemed like, like, equating it to, to Christian radio. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, families brought their children, you know, so yeah. there was, I even felt like, like, we were keeping our language cleaner mm-hmm. because there were kids there. And so they probably thought, hey, this is a, this is a safe thing for the whole family right. to come to. But, oh, but they're not telling the atheist to repent or he'll go to hell. Oh, and so whatever, what are our kids going to think? What are the kids going to think? This isn't what oh, I thought. So it's right. just like, so this isn't safe like we thought it was. Yeah. yeah right. They're not it? giving answers like we thought they would. <laughs> but, but at the end of it, and this is really interesting because we've had some really beautiful conversations at the end of our shows that, I mean, it, after after the whole like blow up on social media and also having our daughter Lucy, you know, all, after 2014, I feel like, and with the liturgists happening, um, our conversations have been so open and honest and, and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But at this show, I, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, baby, but, and again, like I've had some amazing conversations after shows with people, but this one was even more so. I mean, people awesome. stayed for, what, an hour and a half afterwards? I yeah. mean, they clapped afterwards. They were upset that the show was shut down. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, maybe the ten pe- there were 10 people who were upset. Everybody else, like, rushed to the front. We're sorry this happened. This is ridiculous. Keep doing what you're doing. There, uh, people crying and sharing their stories with us. A lot of families with children with special needs came. And we're just all like hugging and they're all weeping and we started weeping because they're sharing their story of their child with special needs and how difficult it had been for them and what the song Light that we wrote for our daughter with Down Syndrome, what that did for them. And um, so it was it was really interesting. It was almost like the shutdown, yeah. like even unlatch right other people just to yeah. be like, you're not going to tell us what to do. We are connected to this. Like I felt this intense love from the people. Cause it was just like, no, 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 we are connected 
and this was still beautiful and meaningful and powerful no matter what this like no yeah. matter like, it, it just kind of ignited even something more because they shut it down yeah, well, I, is, uh, I have all the awesome. respect in the world for what you guys do musically and then the, the podcast stuff. And your podcast is so, I mean, it's just, from from my point of view, it almost seems like unilaterally liked. I know that it has its critics or whatever, but that, you're, you know, you went through that stuff in, earlier in 2014, stuff like this. Now you've done the hard work. The hardest thing of anything is the, you know, overcoming the inertia and getting started and getting out there. And it takes the first people to go out and do it. You guys deserve a ton of credit because imagine all yeah. the tens of thousands of people that are listening to your podcast. They are that much more, they don't have to overcome the inertia. They don't have to hack through the, the jungle with a machete. You've done some of the, the, the work there for them and now they can just be honest locally to five people or ten people knowing that probably some other people in their community group listen to your podcast as well and it just gets easier and easier but it takes people to go out there and do it and I, we we might be a little bit more obnoxious of course but you, you guys e- even temper <laughs> a little your even temper and the way you do that is just like such, is such a good counterpart I'm, I'm shocked that people can do it nicely and graciously like you that's just, I'm not not capable of doing that. I'm not not interested. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you guys are doing that. I think it, I think of it as just the, it just a, a very super important thing to show so that d- people that are trying to make progress and create space and do this stuff can also be gracious. You don't have to be a loudmouth like us or nothing to do. <laughs> but I, I think it's just doing so much good. I'm, I'm just so excited about it. I know. I would kill to be graceful and have love like you guys. I just I don't. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I, yeah, I would have. I would have totally lost my shit on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just can't believe it. Like, I mean, like, what's funny is this: the, that that pastor's thought of was he sitting there? Like, I mean, like, literally, he's preached thousands of sermons and no eighth, you know, to tell about how to get people and the people that need to be there. And y'all's music got an atheist in the door. <laughs> Shut, Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. No way. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> The thing that he's been trying to do for his whole career, y'all did in one night, and it scared the hell out of him. Like, that's just so crazy to me. <laughs> and the other thing that makes me really laugh is just thinking, like, an hour after the show, just all these people on their third plate of all-you-can-eat Denny's pancakes just going, I was sitting there, Helen, and all of a sudden, this young man said he was an atheist, and they didn't say a, a one word, and I knew, end it, end it. That's just crazy. <laughs> that's the people... <laughs> Those people are scared to death of Gunga. Yeah, it's even. I, I talked. I talked to Science Mike about it afterwards, and he was like, "Just these people. Even if you don't believe, like we truly believe that some people, while they're seeking truth, need to be an atheist and get rid of some things. If to to me, like, if there's a concept that you can get rid of of God, it's too small anyway. So go ahead and get yeah. rid of it." Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, even if we didn't believe that, though, you're saying, like, <laughs> there's a reason that atheists come. There's a reason that atheists listen to us. Even if you didn't necessarily believe like us, he said, if I was a fundamentalist, I would still use our strategy. Because it's, otherwise, you're not, they're not even going to listen to you. Right. If you right. just, like, immediately try to shut them down um, and, like, preach at them, they're not going to come. So, if you don't honor them for where they're at and who they are and what they're already going through... Uh, just, just on a personal level, just on a like, yeah, totally. on a decent human to human level, even if you think that they're wrong and that they shouldn't be an atheist, trying to preach at them out of that from them being vulnerable yeah. in the first moment. It's just stupid. Yeah. It's just a dumb yeah. strategy. Yeah, in yeah. fact, yeah. that only works for Christians. Yeah. Like, Christians love that conversion story, but that only, that's so small. There's so many atheists or agnostic people or people that don't know God that can come to know him. The really smallest, probably, slice of that are people that are totally broken and vulnerable in a moment where they're, where they're just all ears and they just need help today and their life has fallen apart and they happen to stumble into church and here they were begging for a solution. They found it. And that happens. That happens, yeah. but yeah. that's not that's that's a that's the only thing that 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 magic that that magical you know extreme conversion where you convert them on the spot by saying the most propositional perfect thing that only happens to that's a very very small thing we don't leave any room for well yeah. you showed up at church for, like you said a reason 
I don't know. We we start there. And then there's another way that you can find faith in God through understanding and open-mindedness over time. That can exist too. I would argue that it would be the larger slice of people to reach, If even if your goal was to reach people. Or you have to find the vulnerable person that's susceptible to your proposition and power and emotion in the moment, which is more spectacular. I understand that. But that's what you're really fishing for. Yeah. With his, with from his point yeah. of view, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't, I don't, I don't think people understand. Like, if you've never been there, you really don't understand what it's like. Right. If you've never been outside of your state, you have no idea. If you've never flown an airplane, you have no idea the feeling. And you know, it's just you just they don't they just don't know, and they don't know what to do with atheists because it's scary to them. But that's like they think atheists are the worst yeah. I mean some people that slice of that slice of Christianity they think atheists are the worst um, I mean I, I remember the day Michael told me that he didn't believe in God anymore <laughs> and I was scared out of my mind because I'm taught like this is the worst thing ever right but I'm sitting there looking at him and going but wait a second I know you and I and I'm deeply in love with you like we've had a at this point, we had Amelie. I had a kid with you, and you're, you're good. You're full of love. Like I knew, love led him to that place of like that he had to deconstruct. You know what, what he. So, so I don't think enough people in that circle have ever had real deep conversations with atheists, and they think it's just this thing of just have to disprove God and disprove blah 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 blah, and it's mm-hmm. offensive, right? Like yeah. an atheist is a kind of somehow offensive to them. And that's because they've just never been friends with an atheist. Yeah, I know for right. sure, Michael. Uh, I sure I bet a bunch of people when Lisa just said that about you saying that about you not believing in God. Not that I need any uh, any particular clarification there, but do you? Uh, this is just a genuine question. Do you hold any kind of uh, definition of God, like for instance, in Science Mike's book, the very simple God is at least this and not that? Is there any just just for just because I'm sure people are like what? I think a lot of people wouldn't would be yeah. uh, confused at this moment hearing you say that, given the context of the rest of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, the word "God" for me is a great um, word to to have for that which can't have a word <laughs> for the for the all mm-hmm. and the all underneath the all. Um, the oneness and connectedness and becomingness and isness and all of the beyond wordness that is existence and uh, holds existence together. Um, so yeah, I mean, all that in virgin birth, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and and the virgin birth stuff. Okay, moving on. All that in virgin birth. Oh, oh my gosh! I want that to be a t-shirt. Yeah, that's what that's what I take from the Bible. Like I like the the vagueness of the great I am. All that in virgin birth. That yeah. and that Red Sea parting. That one happened. The rest of it, I'm yeah, not so sure was, about. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about the other stuff. But. <laughs> Anyway. Thank you guys for coming on and talking yeah, yeah. to us a little bit today. Thanks for having us. We'll uh oh, yeah. yeah, we anytime you anytime y'all yeah. gotten getting into any trouble out there, have some controversy we can talk about. We'll yeah. just come on back anytime. <laughs> yeah, and all right, well, you know, it might be soon. <laughs> all right, Gungers, thank you. All right, see you guys. All right, thanks guys. Talk to y'all later. All right, thank you, Michael and Lisa Gunger. You guys are very, very good. Yep. Well, we don't keep any longer. I'm ready to get out there and work on the bus, Toby. How about you? Yeah, I think I am. You got anything else to tell these people? Uh, Other than go help us build the bus, come see us and see Emory Shows, emorymusic.com. What else? Anything else for you? Nope, that's all. Yeah, come see us. Thanks, guys and gals and days. And robots and androids and and AI and aliens and angels and Nephilim. Yep, pimps. Pimps, pastors, everybody. Pimps, pastors. Yep. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.